that's a clap, everybody. Yay! All right. Josh, it's time to record. Do you mind if I bring us in? Do you mind if I bring us in today? Bring us in. We're already in. This is the beginning of the podcast. Welcome, everybody. All right, Josh. Give me a good booba. We're keeping. No, we're keeping all that in. This is the beginning of the podcast. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the ice episodes of cast that is cold. Yeah. We're all here. We're chilling around the fireplace. We built Wait. a little igloo in the Arctic. We're keeping warm. Josh, can I ask and you to here. introduce yourself, actually, though? Um, uh, could I reserve the right to, to deny that? Uh, you have no rights. I'm okay, sorry. that's fair. Um, my name is Joshua. Mm-hmm. Welcome. What uh, do you do for a living? For a living, I work. That's great. Uh, what are your sometimes. sizes? Um, uh, waist, probably like a 57. Mm. Uh, bust. We need it for wardrobe, don't worry. Bust somewhere in the the, the low three to four hundred range. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want you to know our. That's what you mean by low three to four. That's that's millimeters. I meant millimeters is the unit of measurement for that. Mm. That is it. Uh, um, okay. Chris, you have mine. You've bought me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think yeah. this is already don't very worry. far off the rails. What rail have we? Do we start on the that's, rails? That's a good point. However, comma. However, comma. I'm okay with it because I think it's funny. Did we you know? Just do this the whole time. Did this you is... know? No, I didn't. Me neither. That's crazy. Man. That's crazy. Did you know Summer Game Fest was a thing? Because I didn't until about 20 minutes ago. I did not. And then I heard that Elden Ring was announced. And then I learned. So now I have Dude, we've been Some learning. Some fucking gamers we are, bro. Dude. Luke I thought I was over him. here like being a poggy woggy gamer boggy. Oh my God. Not. Wait, describe a poggy woggy gamer woggy. I think I think Luke could put it best. I Luke, he, mm. he's he he mentioned it uh, just just yeah. yesterday before the he, podcast. He said, he was yeah, before the cast, yeah, yeah. What did you say, Luke? Um, I was just saying how you know. <laughs> no, yeah, go on. I, uh, <laughs> if, if we're gonna if we're gonna do something like this, like it's gotta have you know you, you have to anchor it in reality at some point. Like those were just four words that you put together. Um, you know what I mean? Right. So Elden Ring looks pretty cool, you guys. <laughs> Yay! Another. Have you guys played? Game. Yeah. Have you guys played the, the like any other from games? Because I haven't. Uh, I have played Dark Souls three. I didn't finish it. I have played Sekiro, and it was really good. And I did you finish through it. Ooh, yeah. so you're like a poggy walking I'm god. like a Sekiro okay guy. I'm like kind of not yeah. bad. Dude, watching Matt play that game, friend of the podcast. I gave up on the Matt, final boss shit. for I like a not. while, and then I went back and I grinded it for like an hour, and I beat him, and then I lost Is my mind. Is it ground or grinded? Um... So typically when you're asking questions of such a nature, what you want to look for is really the essence of the word. And so what's important to understand here is that what you're Mm. looking for in the essence here is actually the suffix. You know, thinking back back to the 18th century, I was just philosophizing about the essence Mm -hmm. of this word. Exactly. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. The suffix is very important. And so in this case, I would say... Really, it's personal choice. Really, it doesn't yes. matter. But I would personally go with a grinded. That would be okay. my choice. Uh, yes. Josh, so what, what is a suffix? Um, a suffix is essentially at the end of the word uh, is, is sort of like a way to, to define the end part of a word. So s- certain suffixes like ing, for example, okay. right? Oh, yeah. Running, jogging. It's mm. going to be the suffix that's going to describe what type of word it is. Whereas a prefix mm. is what's coming before the beginning of the word. It's the opposite, okay. right? So right, that's just, you. you know, I'm an English major, so, mm-hmm. you know. Well, as an English major, do we want to go down the Not. list of what was announced at Summer Game Fest real quick? Yeah, I all I really is, know is cool. about, well, okay. So I heard about Elden Ring. I watched the trailer. It looks pretty mm-hmm. fucking cool. I'm just kind of amazed. It's like Death Stranding right now, where it feels like it's not real. Like, you know when Death Stranding was coming out, and it was just a bunch of weird fucking trailers that made no sense, and there was babies mm. and Mads Mikkelsen for no reason? And then <laughs> yeah. everyone was like, what the fuck is this game? And then eventually they were just like, hey, it's, it's out now. 
and then it just came didn't out and it real. was just a movie that you had to walk around in. Yeah. It, that's what it really seemed like. I I saw Matt playing it in front of the show. Oh, Matt. That's what it is. And it, yeah, it just it looked like he was just walking around the whole time. Yeah, it's literally basically. a walking sim. What did he call it? What was it? It's a new genre of game. What do you call it? The, the, a strand type game. That's strand what type. Called it. <laughs> <laughs> he called it the first strand oh, was, type game. Oh, was that was that Dunky or was that actually that was uh, Dunky? That was Dunky. Uh, Damn, why do I believe shit like that? Like, wasn't YouTube there? Like, oh God. Wasn't there something um, announced about Death Stranding, or was I wrong about that? I thought I heard a uh, director's yeah, cut. Death Stranding director's cut, hmm. which is basically just a new version. From what I understand. It wouldn't be a Jeff event without an appearance from Hideo Kojima, who popped off by to one more thing. Yes. That's exactly. what literally who popped hey, Chris, off by to one more thing. What is that? Exactly what I was thinking, my friend. Exactly what I was thinking. You taking the words right out of my mouth. Did you know I was PS5 say, costs I was gonna say he was gonna pop off. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, he popped off. He popped by two. Yeah, I don't really know what the major difference is in the director's cut because I didn't play the original one either. He is getting in a box, which is it's kind of funny. Probably just fucking. It's kinda of, it looks like it's like a metal gear kind of situation where he's just like sneaking around and he put he got in a box for a second which is kind of funny maybe it's just a callback to Hideo Kojima's previous work but maybe they'll be changing up the game a little bit more so that it's more than just delivering stuff and there was combat in the la in the original Death Stranding but it was kind of whatever it oh it just seemed like very it seemed very lore intensive which is yes. something that I like I, I actually which going back to like Elden Ring having J.R.R. Martin on it, like I think that's really cool because yeah, I think his world building is great. Well, that's um, why everybody was so excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's just the general concept. Dark Souls with J.R.R. Martin. Sorry, I, was, I almost said J.R.R. Tolkien. That's why. Yeah, I fucked up his name. My bad. J.R.R. Um, Martin. Is it? <laughs> it's 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 George R.R. Uh, George. Yeah. George R.R. Do you guys want to talk about George R.R. Martin and J.R.R. Tolkien are very similar, dude. Among Us and Overwatch, new skins. Thoughts? Okay, well, first of all, yeah, Overwatch 2 is just a fucking joke at this point. <laughs> like, we were talking about this on episode 4, I think, we were talking about Overwatch. Still a uh, joke. Yeah. Like, on this list of games, and it, it's, it's like all this cool stuff, trailers, and it's like all these descriptions, and it's just, Overwatch 2 showed off some skins. We saw new models for how Baptiste and Sombra will look in Overwatch 2. That's it. <laughs> I want wow. Overwatch 2 to come out. I want it to come Crazy. out. And I want it to just die immediately. It, I don't yeah, know why, totally probably but I, I want it to die. <laughs> well, because, I mean, the only people you can possibly be, like, I want to say fooling at this point is, like, the people that are still playing it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And Jeff Kaplan's gone. I, I mean, well, then what are you going to do? You know what I mean? I mean, like, you know who Jeff Kaplan is. I I mean I do, but maybe for the podcast listeners, maybe explain it. Yeah, sure. So Jeff Kaplan is a gentleman who we hold very near and dear to our hearts. As an ex Overwatch community member, he was the game director, I believe. Some director, I don't know. He was the head guy, and he was a very sweet man. And he would always do the developer updates, so to speak. He would he would he was always the guy doing the developer updates, like every I think they did it every month. And he oh, was Kaplan very with near a K. to everybody in the community, mm. and then he left. I don't, I don't actually know the whole story. I never looked it up, but he did leave. That doesn't bode well. Title: What's Vice President of Blizzard Entertainment, yeah. Game Director of Overwatch. Game Director. Yeah, I was correct. One other thing that I think is well, there's a couple other things that I'm excited for. I think Elden Ring looks really cool. It basically just looks like Dark Souls, but with a little bit more interesting lore and combat maybe it looked like there was some different magic stuff going on but you know there's still the classic dark souls bosses it's definitely the same engine sort of same visual style just a different world with with george rr martin which i think i almost said gerald tolkien again uh which i think is cool i think that's super i would exciting. be interested to know how much involvement he had in the designing of yeah or if they're just name dropping him yeah well i mean yeah, like in general, but like I when I was thinking, what I was looking at the enemies and like a lot of the bosses, and I was wondering if he was kind of giving input on those, like visually. I'm and sure things he like did, that. surely. Because, and I'm, I'm sure you know, 
we'll get like maybe you know some sort of interview or something like that eventually not us but you know there will be he will give Uh one uh where he explains it but i want to if he's gonna be involved in something like that and like you know not put out a song of ice and fire book you know what i mean (laughs) he's so over in the meantime man He's so over it. I'll take Elden Ring over a book. Fuck. Yeah. No, nerds. he is absolutely like it. Feel it feels like he's totally, and I get it. I mean, you know, I get bored of like a song I'm working on like after a couple hours. You know what I mean? And he this he's been dedicating. It's you know, it's been his entire life essentially. What people know him for for decades. You know, and I would just be, and he knows it and he can't tell anybody like you know what i mean like he knows how it's all gonna end (laughs) and he knows that everyone is so disappointed with the game of thrones ending i would just be you know maybe he'll just just tell everybody listen we are gonna get him on the podcast and he's gonna get an exclusive interview from us and he's gonna tell everybody how it's gonna end and then he doesn't have to do the book anymore it's just that how much more easy does it get how much more easy i think he could call us yeah, I mean, like, we're waiting on an offer here. Like, yeah, really I can good, just frankly, put your phone point, number out. Uh, he should be honest. Just say your phone this. number. I can let just say your phone number so he can handle this. No, just say, no, just say your phone number on, on, just go ahead. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's 275. Okay. 362. Okay. 6969. <laughs> I'm calling that number right now. Get nice, fucked, you dude. fucking I'm calling troll. that number right now. Oh. Bam, baby. We got him. Easy clap. Another thing I'm excited for is Tiny Tina thing. That looks kind of cool. They made Tiny a Tina. a uh, Tiny Tina. May apply. Are you? <laughs> oh, you're just actually calling me. You're not even calling. Okay, I thought you were calling. What do you mean? Number. I'm calling this. I'm Tomato. calling the number. Oh, you're right. You're my bad. Uh, cut that out. Hey, hey, Chris. Mo- Damn, hung up, bro. I mean, Yo, imagine actually picking up the phone. Imagine I mean, listen, how rude is it to call somebody and then hang up immediately like that? How rude! Good thing neither of you guys are like that because I, I, I can't stand that. I think whoever Dude, does I that can't stand people like that. You know what I mean? Honestly, so Tiny Tina, Tiny uh, Tina. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands looks to be. I mean, we haven't seen gameplay at all, obviously, but. They made a Tiny Tina Dungeons and Dragons DLC for the pre-sequel, I believe, or was it Borderlands Two? Either way, they made a Tiny Dungeons Tina's and Dragons Wonderland. DLC for Tiny Tina before, where Tiny Tina was taking everybody through the campaign, and you were like playing as the campaign characters. I think it was Borderlands Two, actually. Now I'm thinking. I, I remember that. I think we did play through that at one point. So I guess it's kind of just like another successor to that, where it's its own spin-off game. Which is kind of cool. I'm kind of into that. After Borderlands Three, which was a little bit disappointing, maybe this will make up for it. I'm I down to play Borderlands 3. in a in a fun, goofy fantasy setting. I think that would be super fun. I wish we knew more. There was more to talk about. I mean, but I'm pretty sure she's everyone's got. favorite character. I don't think she's any up there. other character comes close. Like who do you even? What whose names do you remember besides Tiny Tina? Uh, Maya Salvatore, Salvador. Salvador. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gage is the Mecromancer. Mecromancer uh, funny enough, I can't remember. Oh, Axel is is Axel the the commando. He I always played as the commando. I can't remember his fucking name. Uh, and then uh, Zero was the assassin. Mm-hmm. It's the commando's name. I have I remember. I have but to these remember are all playable the characters. They're not like. Well, they're not they're playable not like names. Story characters. Axton. Axton is the commando. Uh, yeah, they're story all play- characters. The- you got uh, yeah. what's the guy who you shoot his head off? Shooting oh yeah, that guy, Sh- Shooty McFace or something like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I remember that guy. And he just begs. He you just to runs around. McFace. Yeah, it was like Borderlands Two. He's like, um, when you go meet Brick. Uh, I remember that. Oh, well, the thing is, most of the characters in the story have been playable characters in previous games. Oh yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> like Roland and Brick and uh, Lilith. Who am I missing? Out of this? Uh, and uh, fuck, what's his name? The Hunter with. What's the like the sniper guy? It was like I a, was say was Maokai. Like a I know it's not Maokai. Mordecai. Mordecai. Wasn't it? Mordecai. That's what it is. Mordecai. And his crow, yeah, and Mordecai and Bloodwing. Bloodwing. Yes. Handsome Jack. I mean, probably one of the greatest video game villains of all time. I I almost agree with you. I remember uh, I had an animation project in school where we had to do lip syncing on a on a model, 
uh, and I chose... I don't know why I chose this clip, because there's so much fucking talking in it. Like, I could have chosen an easy clip where he talks really slow and, like, whatever, but I chose the clip where Handsome Jack says, uh, I'm racking my brain trying to think of a name for the new diamond pony I bought. I'm racking my brain trying to think of a name for that diamond pony I bought. I, I was going to call it Piss for Brains in honor of you, but that just feels immature. Oh, uh, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he, he, he can't think of one. But he talks so fast in that clip. And it took me so long. Because he goes, I'm racking my brain trying to think of a new diamond. Like, he, <laughs> he says it so fast. It's so hard to animate. Is that one of those things where you've listened to it so many times? You, you yes. Like, I, I just, you know it? I don't remember the last part, but like the beginning where he goes, I'm racking my brain trying to think of a, like that part right at the beginning, because the trying to think of a is so quick. It's impossible. <laughs> it was impossible. It was so hard. After Did that you didn't get part, any lip, lick tracking software? No, no. We were hand animating it. Nice. It was, it was rough. That is pretty rough. There was the uh, Back for Blood teaser trailer as well. I'm racking my that. brain against some. Well, I'm recording audio in OBS, so if we end up using it, using this OBS recording, you can hear this. Uh, let me just find the clip. Yeah. It's in all of Handsome Jack's dialogue. I remember I just found the time code for it, so I'm going to have to find it. All right, Luke, stall. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we could talk about the Back for Blood trailer. <laughs> it's only 45 seconds. It's not a lot of gameplay, really. But oh, here it is. Here it is. I found it. I'm racking my brain trying to think of a name for that new diamond pony I bought. I was gonna call it Piss for Brains in honor of you, but that just yeah, that's immature. That's the whole thing. Yeah, I'm racking my brain trying to think of a name for that new diamond pony I bought. I I was gonna call it Piss for Brains in honor of you, but that just feels immature. That last part was easy because he talks much slower. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that first part was was rough to end. But it did turn out really well, and I got a good grade on it, so it was worth it. Josh, I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. I want to play the you crap know, out means of a lot Black coming for you. Blood, dude. This is so good. Okay, we're a little bit all over the place here. So, okay, what are we talking I'm about? I'm going to summarize real quick the things that we're excited for. Mm-hmm. Elden Ring looks cool. I'm glad it finally mm-hmm. got announced. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands looks cool. Uh, the Death Stranding thing is notable. Uh, Jurassic World Evolution 2, I'm excited for because I'm hoping really? that they make it more just like Planet Zoo, but did you with play dinosaurs. the first one? A little. It was fine. It was a little bit. What kind of game was it? I didn't even know. I know nothing about it. It's a park builder. It's a park builder. Oh, I thought it was like an actual yeah. adventure game. No, it's like it's like Zoo Tycoon, but worse. Oh. <laughs> In almost every way. So, nice. like, they just took a lot of the customization away. That's the thing. With Zoo Tycoon, wow. you can do all kinds of different customization and really make your own park. And there's a lot of management aspects to it. They stripped a lot of the management oh. and customization and really dumbed it down in a bad way, where it was just super simplified. Like, every building was just pick this building and put it down and then that's it that's all you do you just plop it down and then that's it you need to sell more stuff okay put a shirt stand down and that's it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and then if you need to build a new dinosaur thing okay we'll just go build it and then put herbivores in it or you put carnivores and that's it i'm hoping that they they improve upon that and they make it more just like zoo tycoon but with jurassic park dinosaurs in it because i would play the fuck out of that game that that would be awesome yeah, big what are you guys, uh, like, top three tycoon games? Or, like, you know, I, I can only think of, like, three or four, maybe, but, like, tycoon. like in tycoon? order. Like, tycoon? Or, like, can you, put, can you put city builders in there, too? Yeah, like, you know, yeah, like, a city skylines. Like, for me, I'm thinking right, roller coaster Road. tycoon, mall mm-hmm. tycoon, mm-hmm. zoo tycoon. Mall tycoon. I didn't know mall yeah, tycoon. Yeah, I remember mall tycoon, tycoon, I played a bit of it. I thought that game was pretty dope. City skylines. Um, and then like I the don't ones know, that are like, coming to mind right now, definitely number one is Frostpunk. I think yeah, Frostpunk, Frostpunk is such an underrated game. I think Frostpunk is. want to go play it. it? Honestly, a masterpiece. I think it's so mm. good. I remember you guys talking about that one. I did it. I I like it so much that I did a presentation about it in my game design class. That's really? how much I liked it. It was so good. And I remember the teacher had played it as well. And he, after my presentation, he asked the class. He said, "Has anybody played Frostpunk?" And like literally nobody raised their hand. I was the really? only one. And he was like, he, and he just went depressing as hell. <laughs> because it is. It is so depressing in the best way possible. Like the music is just constantly sort of droning in the background just enough where you don't notice it, but you feel it. Oh, the soundtrack and, and sound and, effects and are And the sound effects. Mm, mm. Oh, mamma mia. They make you feel, mia, they make you feel like, like a leader of a 
steampunk like, like, post-apocalyptic oh, community. Dude, every sound effect on the menu and the UI, it sounds like <clears> the <throat> machine. It sounds like like a steam engine turning and like working. Yeah, and you it's click like twenty dollars, it, man. It feels like a triple A so, title. Oh. Really, I might have to pick it yeah, up. Yeah, there's there's like wind sounds constantly when it, when okay, and when the temperature changes. So the big thing is the temperature, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like post-apocalyptic where the, the world's going into like a, a winter forever. Yep. So the temperature constantly goes up and down. You have to keep keep in mind, like, keep your people warm or they like get frostbite and you have to amputate limbs or they die. So when the temperature goes down, the screen gets all frozen and it makes like that ice crackly noise and everything starts to get feel more stiff. And then when the temperature rises, it's like, it gives you the biggest sense of relief because there's like steam and everything sort of feels like it's releasing again and the the, the oh, screen wow. gets loose. It like it just feels good. Like just I don't know what they do, but I think you Luke as a sound designer would really appreciate yeah. it as well. Because I mean, Chris right, has I'll already experienced it, it, but I man, I, I agree. With when that. the temperature gets colder and hotter, you feel the temperature. It's crazy. And just in general, the gameplay is great too. Like you have to really keep in mind a lot of it. A lot of different stuff. It's very hectic. Management. Very yeah. hectic. Very stressful. Very depressing. People get angry with you when you make different de- decisions. Like you can, uh, you can make child labor a thing. So if you run out of workers, which is pretty common, I don't know why you wouldn't on. make it a thing. Yeah, honestly, child labor is is it's like pog. the way to go in that game, really, because it's, you, you get extra workers. But then that's, that's how the brutal thing. The game but is. then the thing is, people get mad at you because then their kids have to work, and then. If you make the kids work in risky workplaces, then they get injured and they die, and then the the hope falls even further, and people get more mad at you. So you yeah, take there's the like risk, a hope like, meter. Like, yeah. what's the other meter? Wow. Discontent the hope and discontent meter. Yeah, you have to manage so those the entire time. You have to, yeah, you just have to make sure that your people like you as a leader. So you have to make the tough decisions where, like, do I make the kids work? and get all these like 20 extra workers to work the mines and do all this stuff and gather the materials that we need? Or do I put them in like, you know, special children shelters and have them become like apprentices and stuff like that where it's safer, but I don't have the extra workers. And it's really, I think it's like the peak of city building. Anyway, it's interesting. Like, I mean, they're not totally similar and and granted, I haven't played Frostpunk, but like the way you kind of talk about the mechanics of that game, it's interesting that you didn't like Stellaris when we played it together. No, because the thing about Stellaris is it just doesn't feel real. Is it too yeah, it's too it's like too far removed. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that's that's what I that's what I was thinking. It's just like I'm just staring at a star map the whole time, you know? I like the the kind of that vastness of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it is it is cool. Especially if you get the uh the mega structures DLC. Dyson spheres, yeah, and because you can zoom in on those and you can see those, like I think that really adds to yeah. your kind of immersion. And like, I think the main problem I like I those had high concept stuff is yes, it's real time, like Frostpunk is, but the thing with Frostpunk is it's, I mean, a it's a lot smaller scope, obviously, you're just building one city versus an entire galaxy, but in Solaris, there's so many things that you have to manage. I feel like it was too much, there was oh, yeah. so many different yeah. things. Like you have to manage city districts, it is a planets, game. and you have to handle, you know, exploring and get um, what do they call anomalies? You have to do research, and you have to do diplomacy, and the you know whatever the council, and all. Yeah, like I like ten different. I like resources. managing all that though, it, and it, you know, it depends. It's like you know, your mileage may vary because I'm sure I would also enjoy Frostpunk for like other reasons like if it's yeah. more simple and well that, i i like, enjoy respect. resource management but i think stellaris was just too much for me i think there was too much going on whereas something <laughs> like really civ- civilization it. which is a little bit more similar yes there's still a lot to manage in civilization as well but it's it's easier for me to deal with that because um, well, that one's turn-based less. right yeah but even if it was in real time like frostpunk is in real time yeah. where where but frostpunk you have like you have coal wood steel steam cores and food and that's really it beyond that you're just managing when people are going to work managing the temperature managing building stuff and that's it and that's enough it's enough to keep you engaged and like keep you thinking but it's not enough where you have to pause constantly and look at and make sure you're not missing anything all the stuff that's going on you know it's it's enough it's not too much for me personally yeah but still like Stellaris isn't the type of game where you're 
you need to be constantly looking at everything. No, like, I, I think I, I know, but that's how I should. Felt. Yeah, I know. That's just like, the I didn't perfectionist want to... in you. You can, you should, like, I'm not saying like go back and play it, but like, if you were ever to play it again, just like, just play through it. It doesn't matter because it's the type of game that if you get behind, you can just come back like oh, a thousand years later. Yeah, well, that's the thing is like I've I'm playing like XCOM or Frostpunk or Civ, where. It's like you have to pay attention to everything and you can't yeah. miss anything or you get you mess one punished. thing up, your entire run's fucked. Exactly. Like if you're playing Frostpunk and you don't notice that you're running out of food and that you have no way to get any more quickly enough, like that could fuck you over because then you run out of food, everybody starves, and then they, everybody slowly dies before you get the chance to bring it all back. Like if you don't realize that you're losing more coal than you're gaining mm. and you burn through it all and then your generator turns off, you're fucked. Because then nobody can go out and mine because they're too cold and then they all die and then you lose. So you have to pay attention to that constantly. I think it's just like ingrained in my brain from playing other games that are similar. But I think the main thing for me was the, the disconnect. I think it was so much stuff going on and it, was, it felt like it was far disconnected and I, just looking at a star map wasn't really for me, I don't think. Well, I, I just feel like it's one of those games where it's almost like risk. Like it's way better one either single player or with like a bunch of people like i played a game all the way through single player and i i beat it and it was a lot of fun because you can kind of like get in your own head about like your strategies and like you know how you want to play as a civilization and then you know when we would play with like four or five people you know you're bound to run into people pretty quickly and then diplomacy you know generally speaking especially because we were just getting into it like we would work together but you know, there there were some of our friends who would... Me and Jake would just fight each other. <laughs> yeah. So. It sounds kind of hilarious, though. It, it is. Like, it's kind of... <laughs> I think of it, especially when we play with, like, multiple people, I think of it as, like, a galactic style of, like, risk that's yeah. taken to, like, a level where, like, I really enjoy it. Because, like, I don't know. When I, when I think of, like, uh, kind of, like, fiction that I enjoy, like, I like sci-fi stuff. And I also like kind of, like, diplomacy kind of, like, a political kind of thing and i think that, that those two things are really well done in stellaris even yeah. though they're not even like necessarily like a tycoon like i was thinking when i asked the question like like ro- like roller coaster tycoon 2 is like my tycoon of choice because it's like the classic it's the band. yeah it is the classic you know? um, i mean yeah like, we're going go back wrong. to that era yeah you can't go wrong with roller coaster tycoon I think that there was a time in first year when chris and i got oh, a multiplayer yeah. mod to play roller coaster tycoon together yeah, I like we had our own park. Yeah, we did it in in the dorms. I think if if oh, we yeah. had a game of Stellaris with like ten people, that we were able to like, if it was like a D and D campaign where you were able yeah. to consistently get a bunch of yeah. people to go play it every week, I think I would enjoy that more. Because the thing again, another thing that I wasn't a huge fan of that Luke did like was the all the big focus on politics and diplomacy as well. Because I was never huge into that stuff, and there was like a lot of heavy politics aspects yeah. and diplomacy well i think i think it's cool that you can kind of bypass the the game mechanics of politics if you're playing with exactly that's what like I'm your saying. friend is yeah, if you're yeah. playing with the ai you're bound by whatever the ai in the game decides whereas if you're just playing your friends you'd be like hey you want to like team up and it's like yeah sure and then you just send them a, like a, a an alliance agreement and then that's it <laughs> like you don't have to go through hoops and whatever to earn their trust and all that i mean maybe you do if they decide they want to fuck I mean, you over I thought the politics with the new update, espionage update, that was like it was it got pretty fucked. Like it was kind of over my head. I didn't really care at that point. But like before that, like it was pretty bare bones. Like I watched like a ten minute video on it, and I knew everything that they would needed. I needed to know to get through the politics of the game. Yeah, it's not like you just have to like. I'm not saying that you didn't put in like. It's just just, like not fun for you. I just think it was it was a lot. It's a lot. I think yeah. Luke also mentioned that the learning curve is really high, and it is definitely very high. Yeah, once you like, once you do get a like firm understanding of everything, it like it opens up really quick. Yeah, and especially the beginning of the game, like once you kind of establish your borders and stuff, then everything kind of is a lot more linear. It's just the beginning of the game is so different to the mid game and the end game yeah. that you know you have to be invested in the in the early game, and then you have to learn the mid game. And once you learn both of those, you can kind of go into the end game. And you, obviously, you have to. The thing is, is you have to play a full game to really understand. Exactly. Yeah. Because I don't. I don't even know what victory I'm going for. Because I don't know how to win. <laughs> I've know? only ever played one game, but like 
that's the thing is like I don't even mind the fact that we haven't I haven't played to an end game because I think just the idea of like that being like a galaxy like go just playing in yeah. that world mm-hmm. like I think it's cool and I'm sure there's lots of people that play Stellaris that are like you know they've passed the end game and they're just like kind of doing a diplomacy and like kind of like playing like a Game of Thrones style thing <laughs> yeah. in you know you know what yeah. I mean role just playing like, in the in the exactly universe. exactly and like I could see myself doing that the only thing is is once you get towards the end game the game chugs really hard like oh yeah. yeah. If you've got it on double speed, like because everyone is building mega structures and stuff, it just like it slows down the game a and lot. The fleets so. go up to the triple digits too at that point. So there's just big triple digit fleets being being rendered in all, at all times. Yeah. AI yeah. is going wild. <laughs> That's kind of rough. So you guys, uh, I want to quickly talk about Back for Blood because we did mm-hmm. play the beta. And I'm really excited for Back for Blood. Yes. I think yeah. it looks really good, especially. Uh, the trailer, like that last shot of that gigantic zombie, like we saw a little bit of it, obviously in the in the closed alpha, I guess it was. But well, to get it out of, it's clearly just another left left for dead. But yeah, that but doesn't like, mean it's fine. bad. I think that's fine. That's, that's the best part about it. Yeah, I think that is the best. Part it's about a spiritual it. successor to Left for Dead, but it has its own identity as well. Like the card mechanic. Um, mm. Yeah, I mm. thought it was super cool. Like, yeah. just really? like because it changes up every run. Like, I th- I think it's like, you know That's what I mean? Fair. It just makes it's just another the thing game. Do, you know? It's another thing to like. Oh, this time maybe I want to play like a melee run. You know what I mean? And it's just like you're. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like fair. a bit of roguelike elements. Yeah, roguelike element. That's a cool way of describing it because so, it's like it is a first person shooter and it's a zombie before, game. Before like you go into the level, you get like a bunch of random cards that you can choose. And, like, a bunch of them, like, you just said you could do, like, a melee build, right? So there'd be, like, a, you get more damage on your melee. You get health from melee, you know? And you pick yeah. the cards for each run, and there's, like, three sets of cards. There's, like, orange, blue, and white or something. They all had, like, different things they could do. There's ones that, like, give your team more health. So you could play, like, a support build and, like, stay back. And that's that's the card mechanic. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm really interested to see the, bo- the different mobs that they, they've added as well. Because, I mean... I don't know how long they've been working on it for, but you get the impression that the creators like really enjoyed working on Left 4 Dead. And then whatever happened, you know, with it was Valve, right? That, yeah. That made it, right? Like whatever happened with them, like happened. But then like the creators like wanted to keep making it, right? Because yeah, there's, that, just did. <laughs> there's that uh, meme with like Steam where, you know, they don't know how to count to three, yeah, right? The classic. Like, the classic. But, but it's like, and I just like, I can't wait because it feels like a passion project where it's like, they put it right up front where it's like from the creators of Left 4 Dead. And when we played the alpha, like it was literally it was like, great. I was like back in my parents' basement, like yeah. on the Xbox playing like yeah, Left 4 yeah. Dead. It's literally too, you know just like I mean? Left 4 Dead with, with modern day graphics and slightly Polish. different infected. Mm-hmm. And there was a really big, big boy, big boss. Yeah. yeah. And it's a game where they, that they can constantly update you know yeah. what i mean the thing like we, i, I they hope can... for with that is they just i hope that the, the campaigns that they have are as good and as like crazy over the top as the left for dead ones were because that's what made it so fun is you you'd play the same missions over and over again in left for dead you play the same campaigns but mm-hmm. it would it would like it would be the re the different levels that would make you come back like you would play the you know the amusement park campaign where you would go up the roller coaster while the alarm was going off um, yes. and there was like mm-hmm. carousels and all that stuff and you play the mall level and you would have the, to refuel the car you know at the end um yep. and it was all the, all those different things where you'd like oh i want to play this campaign so we can do this level and i hope that they can kind of capture that again because that was the best part i well i think and i think going back to the card mechanic like i think that's gonna really uh like be to the benefit chris you you sounded like you didn't and like you didn't like the card mechanic or you didn't think it was I, it just gave me like flashbacks to when halo tried to be like call of duty with loadouts and i was just like ah yeah <laughs> ah i don't know <laughs> it, it's it seems like a fun time i just didn't care for it at the time i just wanted to kill zombies you know that's fair i didn't really want to think about yeah i didn't build. expect something like that to be fair i yeah. didn't expect it at all um i think it's a good idea 
Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's not bad. It's like perks, just... really. Is what it is. Mm-hmm. And you get yeah, you would get a so new many one. of them. I was just like, what you is would this? get a new one after every level. So like you would, as the campaign went on, you would get stronger and stronger, diversified and complexified your build. I guess that would help with replayability, which is a big yeah, and it's easy hard to add point new for those stuff type of games. It, that's yeah. the thing is, if there's mod support too, it's really easy to add add new perks and cards for the developers or modders. Like that's just really just a few lines of code that, that you add in where you equip the card and then you deal this much more damage or you have this new ability or whatever, right? Yeah, I think a modding community will keep this game alive. I think it, a modding community kit, modding community kept Left 4 Dead 1 alive for so long. Well, Pretty Left 4 Dead 2 is still, still going now because of mod. And is really it, just oh, the staying power of Valve games in general, but, you know. Yeah. Good games. All around good games. There's a couple other games that I saw on the list. Like there's this Anacrusis game that's literally just a like a PG thirteen version of Back for Blood. It's like a it's like a horde shooter, but there's no zombies or I don't know. It seems like kind of okay at best. This is Blood Hunt game. It's a vampire uh, RPG. This looks kind of cool. Yeah. Um, what is it by? One thing I want to bring up real quick about Back for Blood or like zombie games in general is mm. I think it would be absolutely insane. If Back for Blood or any game similar like it could do what Days Gone did with the hordes, because True. you can like I tr- I was playing Days Gone earlier today and Luke was was with me in the call when I was doing. I try to take on the biggest horde in the game, which is at the old sawmill, and I think it's literally like five hundred zombies or something like that. Holy shit! And it was absolutely insane. Like Luke wasn't watching me sharing my screen. He wasn't watching, but. He just heard me screaming and just screaming like, like a little just girl. Distress, <laughs> pure distress. Yes. Does your game chug? No, with that many zombies. It runs no? not at perfectly. All. No, it actually chugs hell? more when I'm like riding my bike really fast through the landscape and like the game is trying to load to keep up. Then I get like a lot of stutters and and lag where it'll it'll freeze up for a few moments, like like you know every couple seconds until everything loads in. But it, when the horde comes in, no noticeable dip at all. And to be fair, it is because I'm focusing on the game as well, trying not to be killed. Hmm. I mean, maybe my FPS goes down 5, 10, but it's not noticeable at all. And I, I think if that, if you had a huge-ass horde like that in Back for Blood, where it was less of just shoot at them and mow them down and more like strategic where you have to actually think about how you're going to take them on, I think that'd be crazy. In a, in, a, in a co-op setting, if you could set up like traps to run the horde through and like strategize about how you were going to take them out i think that'd be awesome because yeah. in days gone it's so cool like the sawmill that has all these different nooks and crannies and different turns that you can bring them through bottlenecks and then throw a bunch of molotovs at them as they're coming through and you can you can strategize yeah i think that'd be awesome the zombie game genre is kind of dead yeah but... well it, it it was done to death in you know the 2010s Back in the heyday of Left 4 Dead and like uh, Dead Rising was a thing. You had State of Cod Decay, zombies. Cod Zombies. Cod Zombies was awesome though. They were awesome, but then like, you know, they, they got super saturated. Yeah. Yeah. Towards the end, they were just like kind of weird and I think they made the like wall. three Dead Island games or two. Uh, and I then think there's um, three. Uh, what's the one that you guys just started playing in, the parkour one? Oh, Dying Light. Dying Light, yeah. Dying Light was a good one. Dying Light's one of the good ones. That game is yeah. awesome. Which is also coming out soon. I don't know if they're going to announce anything about it at E3. Uh, the next episode will be after E3, so as of recording this, it's just a couple of days before E3, so obviously nothing's happened yet. Yeah. But next week on the podcast, stuff. we'll be talking about and by then we'll know. I'm crossing my fingers that there's something about Breath of the Wild 2. I'm excited about the Nintendo stuff and Elder Scrolls 6. I doubt there's going to be a thing about Elder Scrolls 6. I don't even know if Bethesda's presenting anything. I haven't even looked at who's presenting because I've been living under a rock. But that's what I'm looking forward to. Don't know if there's going to be anything, but Elden Ring was announced. So if Elden Ring is announced, I feel like something for Elder Scrolls 6 or maybe Starfield or anything must be coming. I don't trust Josh, Bethesda anymore, which is upsetting to say, but I'd still We need just to give up something. on Elder Scrolls 6. We need to put our expectations yeah, you so sound like, low. like a drug addict, Josh. We I need know. to like put them so low that when the game comes out, we well, will think it's amazing. I have expectations like, very low at this point. <laughs> I don't maybe expect anything from them anymore, but I still just want to see something so that maybe there could be a small spark of hope. Maybe. Dude, what if they fucked up the Fallout series so that when they bring Elder Scrolls 6 to the limelight, arc. it's actually good? Yeah. 
Maybe. It what if they're be. playing the long con? Mm. In that mm. case, that would be pretty, pretty epic. That'd be pretty. You say epic. Poggy Woggy, if you will. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, definitely could. Do you guys uh want to talk about no. Loki? Give your impressions on the first episode, just yeah, quickly, we can, or we can we can talk about Loki and then end it after that, if you want. Seven out of ten. Seven, Seven out of ten for the first episode. I would well, justify it, Chris. Go for it. Sure. Justify? I will justify it. Uh, watching the first episode, it was I, I I never had like I didn't have any expectations. I was like, it's just gonna be another like generic Marvel thing, but it did catch me off guard. The humor was pretty good. The but it wasn't like the humor between the characters that I liked. The the scenes between Tom Hiddleston and uh, Owen Wilson I really liked. They're a I, good uh, duo. Yeah. They but, actually like, like I watched it alone, and mm-hmm. they made me laugh out loud alone. When yeah. like those first few interactions between them were so funny. Yeah, I agree. It's it's but one of the few else, though, you know shows that I've watched where like I actually laughed and it wasn't just like a hard breathe out of my nose. Yeah, it was it was real laughing because I I thought it was really good. Big metaphor guy, I love it. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> so scenes funny. between Owen Wilson like and, like and um, like... Tom Hiddleston. Owen Wilson's character is a uh, Mobius. Uh, is it Agent Mobius? I don't know if it's Agent Mobius, but whatever. I think it's Regardless, Agent Mobius. Mobius, he's so far above Loki that he doesn't even care about anything he has to say. <laughs> Where he's just, Loki's like trying to threaten him and say all these things. And he's just like, oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like he's being like a child. He's, he's like literally talking to a child. It's so funny. And it's like you wouldn't really notice it if you weren't paying attention to it. But I kind of noticed it at first where he was just like, oh yeah, sure. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think they did the like Loki realizes he is nothing yeah, thing very and, well. And then he opened the drawer and there's just yeah. a random drawer in the office with dozens of infinity stones just sitting in there like it's nothing. And he picks up that the Tesseract and it's useless and he's just like, What the fuck? <laughs> like that's crazy. They just had infinity stones laying around. Because who gives a fuck? I mean they can't use like, them. To be fair, the that's a big Chekhov's gun. Yeah, the Infinity like. Stones aren't really useful outside of their own timeline anyway. But it's like they have as many ti- Infinity Stones as they want. They can go to every timeline and just take them. So like, who gives a fuck? Wait, what is this organization called? The TVA, the Time Variance Authority. Yeah. Why have we heard nothing? I guess exactly. Well, he says it. Loki asks, "Why have I not heard of you?" And he says, "Because you didn't have to." And it's like, fair well, enough. yeah, exactly. I mean, really, it makes sense. I mean, why would you have to know if they were if they were keeping the proper flow of time and everything was going as according to the plan? Then there's no reason. Josh, what would you rate this first episode? Uh, I would give it. I think I would give it eight point five. I think it's it was the humor was great. I think the concept, while it's a little bit flawed in in general, I think it's a cool, unique concept mm-hmm. to have these like this like literal bureaucracy kind of oh spoilers by the way um oh well, yeah that's, that's fair <laughs> well <laughs> have this bureaucracy that oversees all of time and they judge people like in a literal courtroom and i think it's great i think it's really funny yeah the bureaucratic it could go it could go in a lot of ways um and again spoiler for the ending but the fact that the the thing they're hunting is another version of loki that's like fucking everything up i think is really funny Dude, I love how they didn't keep us in suspense. They just said, oh, yeah, it's another version of you. Yeah. Uh, I will say it's, uh, it's, a, it's kind of another Marvel cliche where usually it's like the villain is just fighting another evil version of themselves. With this time, it's literally an evil version of himself, <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah. kind of funny. I think it, it'll be interesting because like in the early scene like where we first get introduced to Mobius, the little girl points to the to the devil right and everyone thought that mephisto was going to be the yeah the antagonist of wandavision and i feel like people are going to take that and just run with it even though we know i say you know we know so far that we're chasing after like an another loki which i think is more interesting i hope that that is actually the case which, yeah well i mean know. maybe it could be the case that mephisto was using loki as a pawn like thanos was yeah yeah absolutely but uh that advertisement or the you know introduction of the tva where with the retro tv the animation clock. yeah and, uh, with miss minutes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> and it says like danger multiverse like i just think they're kind of like just like throwing it in our face you know what i mean and uh, yeah. I, which i don't mind 
But it's just like I'm. I want to see how they do the multiverse yeah, because like, all right, well, we did time travel now, so here you go, you fuckers. Here's the multiverse shit, and they're like exactly. All right, enjoy. <laughs> and it's not. It's and not like think there's a teasing. One it's just like here though. you go, dumped it all out on the plate. Said so deal with it. I think I said this yesterday, but like, how arrogant do you have to be to be like, yeah, this is the only timeline we control time. Well, this is the I only mean, way imagine, it should be done. I imagine that's probably going to be delved into at some point. Because the the, yeah. the one issue, like I said earlier, how the concept is a bit flawed in theory. The issue that I had was how, if everything just happens the way it's supposed to happen all the time, how does a variant ever happen in the first place? Like, exactly. what, ab- what about Loki picking up the Tesseract and taking it away? Why was that not supposed to happen versus everything else, right? Like, yeah, that's the like, big question. If everybody thinks they're acting out of their own free will constantly, but they're not, what caused that moment to be the thing that wasn't supposed to happen? Like, why? It, like, they even brought it up in the 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 thing with Miss Minutes, like the, I guess the, the PSA kind of thing, where it's like it could it could have just been a guy late for work, and that can mess it up. Like, how does that? How is that decided? Like why is why was him get, being late for work not supposed to happen and how did he get out of Because it can't be line? just three dudes. No, like and it's like I just I don't understand how they become a variant in the first place. Like, does that make sense? Is it, does that make sense? What I'm, I'm no, you're right, and I think it's I think that's a good question to have. And the thing is, is I want to say if you were reading like an actual comic of this happening. You know, you might get that answered. Yeah. Because, you know, an ongoing comic kind of has more time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with... The thing is, is, you know, it it all depends on what questions and what answers this show wants to be asking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it seems like it's focused on... It does seem like it's focused on, like, the idea of free will. Because, you know, Loki, like, sees these events that haven't happened to him yet. You know what I mean? And he right. says... You know, like, I can't go back, like, so I think that's interesting, but it also depends on how high concept we want to get, because, you know, we've got, you know, the Doctor Strange movie coming up, we've got, Mm. theoretically, the Spider-Man movie is going to have some multiverse stuff in it, Mm -hmm. probably, um... I don't know, it's, but like it's gonna get absolutely out of control. I think the the thing is, is you you know the more you the more you talk about it, the higher your expectations get. And with Marvel, I don't expect the high concept stuff to get answered with on their TV shows or their movies. I think like you can go to them for like some some interesting like story and like good decent action. Yeah, I don't know. I really like. Infinity War and Endgame because I guess I, I prefer the high concept stuff and mm-hmm. I like I like the idea of like things that pay off, you know what I mean? So I guess I'm waiting for this multiverse stuff to pay off. And yeah. like I don't mind they've, waiting. They've, they've put the Chekhov's gun down. Now you're waiting That's what I'm to saying. Fire. And it's interesting because, you know, speaking of that, like you talk about the, the infinity stones in the in the TVA. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I wonder it's not because, you know. The idea is like they can't be used outside of their own reality, which is established like in in the comics, but also I think in it's you know mentioned in the movies. Well, no, technically not really because they they take it they take stones from the other timelines and then bring it back to their own and they work just fine. Yeah, so well that's okay because that's the thing that the TVA the same magic, reality magic powers don't work in the TVA was established, yeah. I guess formula. Well, that's a weird because topic. so in Jonathan Hickman's Avengers and New Avengers run, and it's when I'm talking about this, like it's important to understand that in the Marvel multiverse, like the comic universe and the MCU are like in the same multiverse, essentially, right? Like they both have their yep. own designations. So the same multiversal logic should apply, is is my thinking. So in Jonathan Hickman's Avengers New Avengers run, they are f- facing this like multiversal threat of like you know the the multiverse is ending and mm-hmm. Captain America uses these Infinity Stones to affect an Earth on another multi- like universe that isn't their own and because the power is used in the other universe 
they break because they are they only work within their own universe. So it's interesting that they put those there because it's like people are obviously going to think like, you know, it's putting them back into play. If we're actually, and you know, you can always retcon things to do whatever you want, but if if you are going to use them, like theoretically, they can't get used anymore in like the MCU universe because they're gone. And you know, they did go back and get them, so I guess you know that's not necessarily true. But I guess what I'm saying is those those Infinity Stones are useless outside of or in the MCU universe. Yeah. So. You know, as given the logic that we've been given, is all I'm saying. Yeah. So. Well, the thing also is that they've done the entire Infinity War saga, the Infinity Saga, I guess, and you know that was eleven years in the making. It was the biggest fucking thing in cinema history. I don't think they're the going to go back to. That. I think I, I I think it would be stupid of them to go back and use Infinity Stones as plot devices again after everything. Yeah, me too. I agree. I just don't think... I like the fact that they're just paperweights now. Exactly. Yeah. There was a big, huge story, and there was the big payoff with Infinity War and Endgame, and I think it would be pointless now to try and go back to them and have them as plot devices at all again. I think kind of just having them laying around in a drawer is like, hey, look, now we're done, you know? Now that's it. Yeah, that, of an era. That's an interesting... Know? That's a really interesting way of looking at it, which I hadn't before. And I think you might be right about that. Yeah, and I think the thing is now, it's just, instead of Infinity Stones and Thanos, it's multiverse and time travel, like we've been talking about. That's that's yep. the whole thing that's, it's like the, the multiverse saga now. I guess my thing is... I'm into it. I'm still, and I'll be, like, you know, I guess I'll be saying this probably until the end of the year when we get the movies, the MCU movies, but I'm waiting for some hints towards what this is moving towards because like going back to the comics like that that jonathan hickman uh avengers new new avengers run was like three years in the making of one writer and it led to the secret wars event which is in my opinion like the best comic book event like between dc or marvel like doesn't matter it's just because of how it pays off the writing that's been given before it that's what i look for in comics because i think with someone like kevin feige who is like you know he's the head of it he's the showrunner for all this like he's got a vision and i you know i don't i don't necessarily trust him to do you know something great with it like but like it's clear that he has a vision and i think i just want to know where this is headed because he has a vision 12 years in the future like he did with the Infinity Saga. Well, exactly. Like <laughs> He's seeing decades into the future. Uh, but, but the thing is, is, you know, when did we get our first look at Thor? Like, I feel like it was in an end credit scene. Maybe not the first Avengers movie. It might have been. Maybe like a Thor movie. But like, it was, it was in phase one, is all I'm saying. You get this like shot of him in an end credit scene. And so far like maybe i haven't been paying enough attention but like i know we're setting up the multiverse but i want something that follows through all of the movies and like the universe that i can be like okay this is why like i just want a thread that connects them yeah and it doesn't need to be something huge like but just something where it's like oh okay like how is this gonna play into the overall story because wandavision is great Maybe maybe I'm just like asking for too much, and the you know it's not like I think I'm just I should just maybe stick to the comics if you know these things uh, aren't going to get filled like paid off for me. But I just feel like you know they've set a precedent with Infinity War and Endgame. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and, I don't know how you can top that, man. Well, I think I think what they're trying to focus on what I've what I've seen people saying a lot is that with the TV shows. And what this is what I've seen so far is that they're a lot more focused on the character stories as opposed to universe stories, where all the mm-hmm. movies are more focused on the world in general and the universe. And there are obviously character stories within those, but the the movies are all overarching, interconnected, like move the plot of the MCU forward type things, whereas the TV shows mostly have just been focused on moving these characters' plots further to bring them into the new movies. 
where you cannot watch WandaVision and Winter Soldier and um, uh, presumably Loki and the rest of the shows and not miss out on a ton in the movies where they're, they're, they're just trying to focus on the progression of the characters. I guess you're, you're definitely right about that. Because, you know, if you didn't watch Falcon Winter Soldier and then you see, you see Falcon get the shield at the end of Endgame and then next movie, whatever reason, he comes in and he's Cap, right? Like, if you didn't watch the, the show, then that's, you know, that's not a big deal. It's just like, okay, yeah, he's Cap now, right? That's all it is. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I guess, um, I guess maybe, I, I, I guess I just don't maybe agree with how it, the rollout has been. I maybe, yeah, I would have preferred the shows spread out more in between the movies but yeah i think it's just it's hard to say right now with everything because we've only got the shows it's too early yeah, yeah. It's, it's it, and like, it's knows? not to say that i haven't enjoyed any of the shows like i have i think that the wandavision was was really good falcon and the winter soldier was all right i think loki so far is really great i just think when you set a precedent like what they did between like phase one to phase three like I'm already looking for, yeah, you know, exactly. things to 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 look forward to. And I think that with the WandaVision stuff, like there were a lot of theories going around with like the Nexus thing and the multiverse stuff. Like that is really cool, but I want to know like what we're up against. Yeah, I think that's why you're a little bit I guess wanting more right now. Cuz we knew because we, we haven't knew seen enough. Thanos was coming. Yeah, we knew Thanos was coming like years. Yeah. Well, I honestly think like Doctor Strange 2 with Wanda in it and like a, maybe you know a couple of the the, the MC movies after that we're going to know most likely yep. it's I, right. something probably big is going to happen i would assume in these movies and it's going to set up for something as well like how um you know the first 3 or yeah i think 3 uh, MCU movies it was Iron Man Thor and Captain America right and then it was Avengers where Avengers sort of started setting up the greater picture with Thanos and all that, where we still didn't really know what was going on, but it was kind of like a little bit of like, okay, here's what's to come kind of thing, years and years down the line. And I think it's going to be the same thing, where it's going to be a little bit of, of stuff here and there, you know, maybe some big stuff, big reveals in the new movies, and then there's going to be one big movie where it's going to be like, okay, this is what's going on. And then from there, it's just, you know, whatever whatever they want to do but i think yeah for now there's just not a lot going on in terms well of it's interesting life. going back to our first episode <laughs> and i know we are running uh pretty long but uh we can cut like, off after just, this last point here yeah just one final thing like it's interesting that like in that trailer there was no group movie announced you know what i mean like i think that's just yeah. a marketing thing they just want us to like expect it they're fucking masters of like Ex- well, yeah. making us expect things you know because if this is a conversation right here like i think exactly if you announced another big about. group movie it would kind of it, it would probably be a spoiler honestly no no the for fact sure that but they didn't I, you know the like even better the no i agree i agree but mm-hmm. the like the implication of that trailer is like this is what's coming out over the next few years yeah. right and you know they might be leaving things out like i'm sure there's more tv shows that are coming out that haven't been announced mm-hmm. but I would just imagine that, I don't know, I don't know. I just think that they, I guess, you know what? You know what it is? All these TV shows have done have made me want to watch the movies coming out at the end of the year more, which is like probably their main purpose. <laughs> yeah, that's like the purpose. whole point. So kudos to Marvel. Yeah. You know what Listen, I mean? Like, if anything, they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, uh, All right, boys. All right. I'm hungry. Let's let's yeah. end it here. Josh, take us out. Fellas, it's been fantastic having a bit of a tr- discussion with you. It's been a little dirty getting into all the, the comic book rules and stuff. I think going forward in the MCU is gonna be a lot of a lot of confusion and a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense because of comic book rules and stuff that's been established and has been broken. Mm. There's gonna be a lot of crazy the more complex and further you delve into stuff, the more things are brought into question. But that being said, I'm enjoying Marvel stuff so far. I'm enjoying the E3 announcements. Next episode we'll be talking about E3 once it comes out. Hopefully there will be some exciting stuff to talk about then. But until then, we will see you later on the next episode of the Cast. See you later, boys. Josh! And girls. Goodbye! See you later! Bye.